your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 649 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and the Ottawa Senators fell 4-1 in their season opener in Buffalo. The Belleville Senators, however, are looking for a different outcome in their regular season opener up against the Laval Rocket on the road. Preview of that game and the Sens face another former goalie tomorrow night, potentially in Matt Murray. We'll have a preview of the Leafs game and it's all brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds and lines than ever before. Visit BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. And now the show starts. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen. On this Friday, October 14th, we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel and leave a comment below. The comment we want to know today is the panic button out after one loss, 4-1 the final score to the Buffalo Sabres, but Pillsy, we can call that a 2-1 game for all intents and purposes. Yeah, we'll spin that into a 2-1 game and... uh... Ross, not going to lie, I was very, very, very disappointed last night. Uh, obviously, the the hype was huge for this home opener. Buffalo seemed like an opponent uh, that the Ottawa Senators could really have a good showing. And for all intents and purposes, they did have a good game. It's just a three-minute stretch in the second period where things kind of fell apart there. And then we wanted to get on the postcast. Our streaming site didn't work, so... Just kind of a a down start to the season for us. But hey, the good thing is there's another game tomorrow and we got 80 more games after that to bounce back. It's like you step up to the first tee, 6.30 a.m. tee time. You hit one right into the forest. Ah, It's a breakfast ball. I mean, it's not quite the same because this does count. (laughs) At the end of the season, if they're one point, two points out of the playoffs, we'll look back at the opener here. You mentioned it, Buffalo's home opener. They come with a little extra energy. The shots were equal, though in this game and again you look at Forsberg's numbers only two goals allowed on 34 shots the damn empty net couldn't stop anything two goals on two shots um there at the end of the game so that was kind of the story the two empty net goals were quick bang bang and then bingo bango bongo that three minute stretch in the second period where they scored two goals rather quickly what's the story to you as you wake up now 12 hours letting that one sink in Ross, we talked about it in our preview. If this team is going to have success, they're going to have to dominate on the power play. 0 for 4 on the power play here. Now, it's not me saying that the power play was especially bad, but the old saying is, if you can't capitalize on a 5-on-3, you don't deserve to win the game, and I believe that to be true. Like They had a prime opportunity, and they only get one shot. I thought it was a nice shot, Josh Norris one-timer, but... You need to generate a little bit more. And I thought they did a good job cycling and keeping players moving. And the penalty killers really were all over the place for the Sabres. But when you go 0 for 4 in a 2-1 game, 
that's pretty deciding on how uh, a big reason why the Ottawa Senators weren't able to come up on top. Yes, the special teams, you mentioned yesterday, if the Sens are going to have a successful season, that power play and penalty killing has to add up to more than 100% overall between the two of them. And that power play was was just shut down, I think, for the most part. The, the real problem on the power play for me, and it happened multiple times throughout the game, at least three, where they lost the face-off off, off the subsequent draw, and then it was cleared, and there goes 15 seconds. And yeah. you, you really have trouble setting up after that. I know the five-on-three was only 49 seconds long, and I like DJ Smith going aggressively five-forward setup with yep. Tim Stutzla working the point, having to brink it up there as well, and, and Giroux. So they did get their best players out there. I like that. It didn't work necessarily. And then they were all jumbled in that second half. After the first 49 seconds fell off, they came back out, the second unit, and just couldn't get anything going. That, to me, needs to be – you need to have waves of your power play. Even if the first one doesn't go, the second one has to get in there, and hopefully they can get that righted for Toronto because we know the Leafs' power play is yeah. pretty solid, so you're going to have to match up with them. But I hate to say it. I know it's disappointing the day after an opening season loss, but I'm always going to be cheering for Craig Anderson. It had to be Craig Anderson, eh? The guy, 41 years old, the oldest goalie in the National Hockey League, and he's still making stand-up saves, kick saves, diving poke checks. This guy is playing hockey like it's the 1980s, and it's still working for him. It's unreal. I mean, you got to tip your hat to Craig Anderson last night. 35 saves. Yeah, you really do. Like, he came up with a bunch of big saves. The Senators, no matter what, like, the Senators must have had four or five breakaways. And even still, they can't beat him. The one thing, though, I rewatched that Tyler Mott breakaway. Mm. And I really wish he had a little bit more awareness to know that Norris was right there behind him. If he had slowed up cut the angle off to the side a little bit more so you can create a give and go. I think you could have had some success there, but I mean, when you have a breakaway, you're, you're not exactly trying to slow down time or see what your options are. Well, you're one-on-one with the tendy. So I don't blame him for just going for it there. And Dre Batherson did that though in the third period, he could have had a breakaway and he like stopped up. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the thing. Yeah. It does. It doesn't always work out when you try to do that, unfortunately. But uh, if we're going to tip our hat to Craig Anderson, we got to do the same for Forsberg. I thought he played an yes. incredible game. Probably the best Senator player of that game. And uh, it, it's tough that the Sens don't get the W here. Last year, Ross, we would have said that's a good rebuilding game. You, you get the <laughs> L and you still had a good effort. But no longer is that the case. You need the W here. You, need a, you needed at least one point there, Ross. I thought maybe... They could tie things up and get to overtime or a shootout, but not the case. Well, outside of the Drake Batherson chance that really didn't turn into a chance, but initially it looked good. Uh, Claude Giroux had the best opportunity in the third period, kind of a partial breakaway, and I thought he got a lot on it. Initially, I thought the puck dribbled a little bit on him, but he he got all of it for sure. It was just a a nice save by Craig Henderson. I thought he had a little bit more time to get a little closer, though. But again, when you're feeling that heat and guys are coming in on you closing space, you got to make quick decisions. So, And as a right shot coming down the right wing, you almost wish you're on your offside there to get a little closer to the center of the ice. But um, what did you think about the new guys? Because I thought Claude Drew was was decent. I thought he had some good looks. Alex Dabrinkit had a team-high seven shots. I don't think they were really the issue. No, not at all. And that's the thing. Like, it's not like I'm looking at this game and I'm I'm like pointing blame here, 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 and here, and that's why we lost. I think 
the only spot you can really point blame is that top D pair. Shabbat and Zub did not have a good night. We talked about it Correct. in the postcast. And look, I it was spe- sticking on new guys. I may have sounded disappointed in Jake Sanderson last night. I was more just disappointed in general. I, I still wasn't as hyped as everyone was about him, but I think I needed to digest a little and be like, okay, this is his first NHL game. He played 22 minutes. He played on the power play shorthanded. He was a guy out there uh, when, the, left. when the Sens pulled the goalie. And the thing with Jake Sanderson, we've said this a bunch of times that I need to reflect on is He's not going to have highlight reel Kale McCarr plays that you're like, wow, this guy's a stud defenseman. Look at these highlights. It's going to be all those little things that add up that show the poise and how good of a player he is. So I, I think Jake Sanderson had a had a decent game. And uh, the rest of the new guys, yeah, Mott, Debrinkit, Drew, I thought everyone played solid. I didn't love the third line either. Again, nitpicking to an extent, but I thought they got hemmed into their own zone a little bit and weren't that kind of counter punch line that yeah. we thought they could be. Is especially like the Sabres don't have that much depth up front. But remember when we looked at the Sabres third line, we were like, "That's that's a nice line." I think it was what Krebs, uh, uh, Paterka was on it as well, and, and Paterka Cousins. had a hell of a game. My God. Well, and Scott Wheeler was saying too, and and he obviously scouts these prospects from from their draft year and beyond. But he's like, if you had told me this morning what J, what would JJ Paterka's first goal look like, he said crashing the net on a give and go play. So I guess that's in yep. his repertoire. And that all started though with the lost board battle at the offensive blue line, where Matthew Joseph gives up the puck, Cousins takes it with speed down the right wing, and then Hamonic got a little turned around and wasn't far back, to, he, or he he wasn't looking as Paterka kind of cut behind him. And then Sanderson was playing it like a two-on-one, basically. And, yeah. I mean, you got to give a little a little stick tap to the way they, they were able to make that pass through the Definitely. seam. But, again, that's something where the video now is there, and hopefully the Sens are, are digesting that as well today and, and learning from it. Because, yeah, when one pair is not going, you hope it's not often your top pair that's not going, but they were, they were definitely a, a part of the game that I wish uh, was improved. And if it was, maybe it turns out a little differently. But all in all... It's a 4-1 loss that was closer than the score would indicate with the two empty net goals coming late in the third period. For the Sens, Brady Kachuk got the lone goal. Nice little talk. Walk us through the play. Yeah, well, I highlighted Eric Branstrom as my Sens Central standout uh, last night. And this play all happens because of a smart, quick dish by Branny. He's at uh, kind of a half wall in his own end. Quick little dish to Batherson. Batherson comes up the side of the boards and as soon as Batherson as soon as the defenseman gave Batherson all that space I stood up on my couch and was like they're gonna they're gonna score here like either Batherson's gonna shoot it or he's gonna get it to Kachuk because you cannot give him that much space I couldn't believe they just allowed him to have that angle and uh, Batherson this is why he plays well and he has chemistry with Brady Kachuk he puts it right on the tape and Brady goes bar down to open scoring for the season. I, like that was a great moment. I really thought the Sens were going to keep cooking because they dominated that first period. I felt so good after that, but not the case, but still an, an amazing goal. And I thought Brady had a nice night too. Yeah. I thought Brady played pretty well. I mean, when you look at the advanced stats and, and the core C, that sort of thing, it was a pretty mixed bag. Like Brady was, was just over 50%. A lot of the senators were actually the only senators yeah. who at five on five had less than 50% of Shabbat the shot Zub. share. Shabbat, Norris, Pinto, Zub, Mott, Joseph. So the whole yeah. third line, 
Josh Norris, but Norris had 17 shots for as well. He he had the most both ways, so the total shots when he was on the ice for those 13 and a half minutes. But yeah, the other guys, you're hoping like it's not every day that Artem Zub is going to have a 37% shot share. He was on the ice for nine shots, four and 15 against last night. But I'm hoping against Toronto, a team that's very top heavy, that that third line can can win their battle on Saturday night. I think that's a key to a victory. We'll get into more keys against the Toronto Maple Leafs, including a stat that we hope does not continue when facing former goalies. No confirmation if Matt Murray's the guy tomorrow night, but if he is, I don't want to add to this graphic I made. So stay tuned for that coming up. We're also going to touch on the Belleville Sens, who have their season opener. We're going to predict what their lineup is going to be like and one key each to having a successful season for Belleville. But first, Pillsy, you've got a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Before that, though, I should mention, if you want to hear more about this game, our immediate reaction is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. The postcast is back in full force this season. Even though we had technical issues, we still put one out. However, in the future, it will be back to normal in terms of having the chat. We missed you guys in the postcast last night. It's not the same without you. Yeah, and I mentioned it, Ross. I, I was I had a little bit of a sad boy vibe going on in the postcast because I you was did. disappointed by the game. I was disappointed we couldn't get on restream and interact with uh, other Sens fans and listeners and chalk it up like we usually do. So I had my I had my sleep. I'm feeling better. And also, Ross, we love our friends at BetOnline.ag. But I doubled down on the Sens after the second period, so. I lost a couple shekels on that too, so I was extra sad there. But I did it knowing that this was the number one sports book for the Locked On Podcast Network. And your Penguins money line hit easily. I know. I thought I had, like, when the Sen- the Penguins went up 3 nothing quick, the Sens were up one nothing. I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen. Pillsy's parlay of the day is going to hit. Undefeated. No, we're... So- uh, we're 0-1 to start the season, but that's okay. The important thing is I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep looking at betonline.net because they have all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, in-depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Live betting, like I mentioned, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. Not just hockey. They got football, basketball, baseball, boxing, UFC, golf, whatever you like, they got it. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pillsy, before we turn the page to Saturday's game and then talk some Belleville Sens hockey, we want to say thank you to everyone who has made us your first listen each and every day through the entire off season. You know what's the best part about that is now we're able to reinvest to make this show even better for you. New microphones coming soon. The soundboard is coming soon. The converters are in the mail. And Pillsy, next week, should we keep it a surprise or should we let people know how it's going to be different when you and I are together? No, let's let's keep it a surprise for now because, yeah, I don't, I don't have to go uh, in Ross's parents' bedroom closet. I won't have to go to the <laughs> laundry room. We got something cooking and... Uh, I invested in my own personal podcast studio, Ross. As you can see right now, my lighting has not been up to standard. I got a bit of a two-face going on. This is... this is Sad Pillsy on one yeah, side. Sad Pillsy o- over... Oh, man, I can't even get the point. Sad Pillsy over here. Optimistic <laughs> Pillsy over here. So I got a ring light coming in. I got a new monitor coming. I got, It's going to be an upgrade for sure. So that's all on its way. 
And we got to thank everyone for making that possible. Keep yes. the downloads coming and be a friend. Tell a friend. We can't wait to celebrate with everyone. We're coming to Ottawa. Yeah. The, the pilgrimage begins in Ross 48 hours. Home. I'm coming home. I mean, I snuck home for Thanksgiving with the family, but that was a, a family exclusive trip. And now, hey, we're coming to party. We're going to Shawarma Palace. We're going there to the CTC. And we're going to Stanley's Bar and Grill Ooh. beforehand. No tickets needed. You can join us before the Sens game. 4 to 6 p.m., and then we're going to make the walk down to the CTC, hit up the beer tent on the way into the CTC, and get this place rocking for the home opener against the Buffalo. Boston, I'm still, I got Buffalo on the mind, but Boston Bruins are coming to town. All right, speaking of sad news, Pilsy, walk us through this chart because we even added Martin friggin' Gerber to this chart. I've never seen such a ragtag group of individuals absolutely dominating the Ottawa Senators. These are former Sens goalies playing against Ottawa after leaving the Sens. So for Craig Anderson, obviously he played against Ottawa before when he was in one of the 25 places he played before really getting his feet wet in Ottawa. Not feet wet, but really kind of learning to swim in Ottawa as a starting goalie. But these stats are astounding. Yeah, I... It just got worse and worse, Ross. Like when we were adding this all together, we were kind of hoping one of these goalies would slip up a little. But well, Dominic Hasek did, but you wouldn't let me have him in. <laughs> yeah, we don't slander Dominic Hasek on this. Oh, show. and two against the Sens after leaving. Thanks. Yeah, um, I was about to throw in that's because he was in his forties, but that's not an excuse when no. you look at Craig Anderson. <laughs> I mean, he's number forty-one and he's age forty-one. This is absolutely wild here, uh, but. I think I'm not going to go through all the numbers, Ross. I'm just going to read the totals because that's where it really pops out. Yes. Well, everyone can go watch on YouTube or head to Twitter at Sense Central. I've tweeted out this chart if you want the individual numbers. It's the totals that are are just wild. The total record for (sighs) Craig Anderson, Robin Leonard, Ben Bishop, Brian Elliott, Martin Gerber, Ray Emery, and Andrew Hammond. So you cannot come (laughs) at us with sample size as your response. There's sample size here. 45 games. 32 wins. Yeah, 45 games. 32 wins, three regulation losses, and 10 uh, OT shootout losses. Like, most of these goalies have no regulation losses. If any, they only have one regulation loss up against the Sens. They total to a 2.02 goals against average and a .936 save percentage. Like, (laughs) <laughs> what like what secret tape, what secret weapon do these goalies have on the Sens? Especially with, like, most of these goalies, Ross, the Sens have had so much goddamn turnover that, like, it's not even like they're like, oh, yeah, I've played against these guys on the Senators because all the guys they used to play with are, are gone, are long gone. So I don't know what's going on here. They just got an extra chip on their shoulder. Do you know what's even worse? Craig Anderson did that with Buffalo. Leonard did that mostly with Buffalo. True. Ben Bishop did it with Tampa. Brian Elliott did some of this damage with Tampa. Martin Gerber won both games against Ottawa with Toronto. And Montreal had Andrew Hammond. These are all divisional games. I think that from now on, the Senators cannot trade goalies within the division because it is just killing them. Yeah, that is an absolute no-go. Next time we have Pierre Dorian on, we'll show him this chart and be like, look, I know we you probably got your analytics, but I doubt you've crunched the numbers like this. 
We cannot afford to trade goalies in the division, even if future considerations for Matt Murray is what's going to bring us to Stanley Cup glory. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's where I was going. The divisional opponent with a former goalie continues. Will we have to add Matt Murray to this list? And to finish your point, you said the record. Over 1,400 shots faced. (laughs) 1,421 shots faced. A 936 save percentage for these goalies. It is really maybe the wildest stat in Sens history. Let us know in the comments what your favorite crazy Sens stat is because this one has to be right up there. A 2.02 goals against average. This goes back more than a decade. It is wild. We're, We're hashtag goalie friendly show, but I'm having trouble being friendly about this. Right well, now. not when we, they're right so now. mean to us. Jeez. I know. So what, what's your what's your call on Matt Murray tomorrow night if he gets the call? Well, I, I'm hoping he gets the call because that's just the juiciest storyline. Twitter is going to be a war I, I zone. Love. Yeah, I love. I love. That's where I was going with this is because most of these Sens players have played up against Matt Murray or practiced up against him recently. And I don't think it's a secret league-wide where Matt Murray's weakness is. So hopefully we end up seeing Matt Murray. The boys go top cheese all day, and this story changes around. And also, Ross, <laughs> we talk we talk about a team that has had bad starts in back-to-back seasons. Not that 0-2 is panic button time, but that's tough when you're looking at the first three games are in your division and you start 0-2. And then you got Boston right there as well. I'd like to clean this record up and get to one and one. So this is going to be a big game. Battle of Ontario Saturday night. The first hockey night in Canada a game of the season. So massive, massive game. And the Toronto Maple Leafs also lost their first game of the season on the road in Montreal. And then came home to win last night against Washington. However, Ottawa will be playing the first two games on the road, but they're catching the Leafs third game in four nights to start the season. You're hoping and praying that they can come home because there's going to be a bit of a nervous energy, I think, in the CTC if they come home 0-2 for the game against Boston. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. Do you think DJ Smith makes any lineup changes? I mean, the only options really are Derek Broussard, Dylan Gambrell, or could we see Nikita Zaitsev in on the back end? I mean, I I hope there's no lineup changes, but I if there is, I wouldn't mind seeing Brassard in there because I thought that the bottom six could use a little a little kick in the ass. Yeah, I think that's that's the one thing uh, that we we would look at is Brassard because, like like we mentioned, and we can get into keys to victory for the for up against the Leafs, but you're probably not going to beat their top six. Let's just be real; like that's one of the best top sixes in the league the power play is incredible so the bottom six for the senators have to flex their muscles and they have to be the the ragtag group of salary cap crunching bottom six for the leafs like that's what has to happen here yeah 100 percent. so what's your one key to victory and again we will have a postcast after tomorrow night's game it'll just be pilsy how rude of my friends to make a wedding schedule for the first hockey in canada saturday of the year disrespectful but pilsy you'll hold down the fort for us for sure i will do my best if ross 
if it's a sad boy solo pillsy episode, that's not good. So hopefully we get we get a W here so that doesn't happen. You need the goth makeup if that's the case. <laughs> Just turn the lights off in your studio and make sure that you know what's going on here. As yeah. as I guess the the silver lining will always be the home opener is next up after tomorrow night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tonight, though, the Belleville Sens are in action in Laval, Pillsy. Let's hope it's not like the game we saw opening the season in Laval last year. I mean, there was a little extra je ne sais quoi in Laval because that was the first game post-COVID where the fan that place was absolutely rocking. Like outside the NHL, that and North Dakota are the two buildings I've been in where I feel like I'm at an NHL playoff game in the regular season. That atmosphere in Laval was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. And uh, I, I guess w- let's uh, let's maybe take a quick break here and we'll hop on uh, the Belleville's season opener on the other side. Yes, coming right up. We'll get into Belleville's potential line combinations and the rest of their leadership group was announced. Stick around. That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Senators. All right, Pillsy. It's Friday, October 14th, also known as season opening day for the Belleville Senators. I'm excited. When you see guys like Jace Howerluck clear, clear waivers, Dylan Hetherington, like the decor, it, it has that veteran presence, but still with these up and coming kids that you hope take another step. Who is your locked on player for Belleville for the whole season? Let me start there and then we'll narrow our focus into tonight's game. All right. If you're passing it off to me, I'm taking the low hanging fruit and it's Ridley Gregg. I mean, this guy. I think he is so perfect for the AHL because he's way too good to be playing in the dub. He's not quite there yet to be playing in the NHL, but the AHL, it's a physical, hard league. So Ridley's going to be able to play his game. He's, there's not going to be as many soft calls as there would in the W or uh, WHL or in World Juniors. So he's going to be able to play that game. And if he's on the line that we're projecting he's on, I think he can have a lot of success. And this is a big year for Ridley Craig. Like we we look at the center depth in Ottawa and it's pretty set with young guys, Norris, Stutzla, Pinto, and Kastlik. He's got to try to find a way to edge his edge his spot on that roster somehow. And it all starts this year. So Ridley Craig is is my guy in Belleville. Yeah, that's your guy in Belleville. I mean, hard to me, not how, to. Yeah. How how can I go away from a guy who plays similar to Ridley Craig? Maybe without as much offensive upside. But Angus Crookshank, you want to see him have success in a full season down there. And then Igor, I'm going to highlight as well, because yeah. I think people might be a little down on Igor right now. I don't buy that. This kid's 22 years old and had 50 points in the AHL last yeah. year. And now I think he's going to start with two vets. And I think that's going to be really good for him. You know who it reminds me of? And I know that he already had a full season and a bit. I'm not even counting that. They didn't even play in Belleville in the COVID season. They played like 25 games all against the same three teams. That was wild. Never again, please. But Igor, it reminds me of Alex Formanton. Remember they played okay. him with remember they played him with Carconi and uh Swars that yep. whole season. And it was like this kid, and they were able to get him rolling and he helped them out. And I think based on DJ Smith telling us that Lucini and Chartier were the two guys who didn't make the team but impressed him the most. And, man, Chartier's numbers last year in Belva were good. I think that those two are going to start on the top line with Igor. 
How would you feel about having that dynamic with the vets playing with the young kid? I think it's a great, uh, great combo. And and that's why I had my hot take was Belleville was going to have a deep playoff run is because they have the perfect balance of high flying young prospects, solid AHL veterans, a full, like complete decor. There's no holes. You're not calling guys up from uh, Carleton University to come play 25 minutes for you on any given night. And the goaltending tandem is is solid as well. You even got Antoine Bebo as Bebo. a third guy there if you need a little extra help. So I think this team is poised to win. And I think any lineup they go with can have success. So another reason why I think that there's going to be big opportunity for Rourke Chartier is, we called it, by the way, not to pat ourselves on the back, Belleville sends former employees, um, but uh, I knew that he would be a part of the leadership for, for this Belleville sends team. And we actually thought that Scott Sabrin had a good chance of being named captain of this team. Turns out he will wear an A alongside. So these the, uh, alternate captains of Dylan Hetherington's team, we know that he's been named captain, are Jake Lucini, Scott Sabarin, Jace Howerlick, and Rourke Chartier. So they're going with all vets. I like Love that it. move. Troy Mann knows that it's playoff time. Like, yeah, there, there was that year. They were in first place. It's not on them that a global pandemic knocked out the end of their season. No, I wouldn't put that on the Belleville sentence. No, I wouldn't. But it screwed them so badly. They had Joey Decor, Christian Milan, and Eric Branstrom, Bathurst, and Norris, like Formington. That team was absolutely stuck. Well, Christian Milan's name snuck in there first. <laughs> well, he was unreal that year on the back end. Like, yeah, he, he was. was quarterbacking that top power play unit, snapping it around. We had him penciled in top four role next season in the well, NHL. Well, oh, Creature had him at 50 points, he said, on this show. Right. Like, yes. Let's go. Hey. We've all been there before. I've, I've had my share oh, of yeah. bad takes as well. But not even bad. Like this guy, let's blame it on the injury. This guy missed, what was a shoulder injury? And by Thanks. the way, speaking of shoulders, we can tell you that I know a lot of people are asking, like, Jonathan Aspro, nobody even like spoke about him at training camp. Like he was on the roster. Nobody heard off season shoulder surgery out until December. So there you go with, um, with Jonathan Aspro, a guy who, when he's in the lineup, man, I like what I saw for an undrafted player. player. Yep. Yeah, so here's how we're predicting the Belleville Sens will line up tonight. And this is just based on what we've heard from DJ Smith enjoying Chartier and Lucini's game, from what Troy Mann said about Angus Crookshank really kind of needing to ramp up from his injury. Yeah, he impressed in the preseason, but the pace is going to pick up again. And I think that they're going to probably start him down the lineup, and he can be a guy where mid-game, if you need an energy shift, He's going to be able to elevate. So the way that we're predicting the lines will be set tonight in Laval is Rourke Chartier at center between Jake Lucini and Igor Sokolov. Ridley Gregg, I love this line actually. Ridley Gregg between Victor Lodine and Roby Jarventi. Philip Dau between Cole Reinhardt and Jace Howerluck. And then Cedric Paré between Angus Crookshank and Scott Sabrin. On defense, Dylan Hetherington with Jacob Bernard Docker. We will get into it actually after, but Christians Rubens with Lassie Thompson and Jacob Larson with Maxence Gannett in goal, Mad Sogard, Kevin Mandelazy, and Antoine Bebo is one of the extras, as is Massicot, Bernard, and Wedman. That's just Bernard, by the way. It's, it's tough when you have a Bernard and a Bernard Docker. <laughs> yeah. In the mix. But what I was uh, stumbling there with is we saw a lot of Hetherington with Lassie Thompson last year but it seems through training camp and the exhibition games that Belleville played he's going to actually start 
with JBD. Does that to you signal once again that JBD is kind of overtaken Lassie in terms of what the organization thinks of these two right shot first rounders? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of fair to say. Not not that it's a massive like dunk or dump on Lassie Thompson, more that it's praise for JBD. And yeah, I thought he had a good preseason. He he's looked good. He's he's a solid player. I just don't think he's quite NHL ready. So having him on a top pair with Dylan Hetherington, I think, is a great spot. And I loved I feel like Hetherington and Bernard Docker, they're not really that yin and yang that we're used to, a shutdown guy with uh offensive puck mover, but they're both good two-way defensemen that I think are is going to make a good top pair. And then the other pairs, I think, have good yin and yang. you got Rubens with Thompson and Larson uh, with Gannett. So I think any way you slice it, this is the best decor that this Belleville Senators franchise has seen. Okay, well, I took two guys when it came to my locked-on players for the year in Igor and Angus. Two guys. Could they be rocking Sen Central merch soon? Find out, Pilsy. Um, you had Ridley Gregg. Do you want to pick one more guy here that fans should be zoned in on all season long? I think uh, Roby Yarventi could have a massive breakout season. Like he, When you have a release like he has, it doesn't take much. You just need a little time and space, and you can get things done. And you know who I think is going to give him some time and space? Ridley Gregg. Like, I think he's going to be just playing so physical. He's going to have other teams really focus in on him. And when you get a guy on the other wing like Victor Lodine, someone with the skill and talent, you can't cheat either way on this line. So I think Gregg and Yarventi look out for big years from them, especially since they're together. Yeah, I like this, the sound of that. For me, the problem with Yarventi is there's some shifts where you're like, move your feet, man. Like, like, let's get rolling a little bit. Yeah, but that's where I think having a guy like Greg on his line, like, you can't be lazy out there. When Ridley Greg is out out, out there like an absolute buzzsaw just going crazy, you can't just be standing around. And maybe, like you said, it does open some space up for him uh, as well. Lots of guys to to be watching for on this team. Like, we didn't even mention the right side on the back end. Like, that's Prospect City right there with JBD Thompson and Gannett. And then on the left side, you've got your big, heavy, uh, you know, um, men movers, we'll call them, in front of the net, Those the plow truck coming in and, and making sure that uh, Mando and, and Mads can see the puck. Like and, Mads needs a big year, though. I think we can oh, all yeah. agree on that, right? Like, he's kind of the, the X factor of all this. And just quickly before we go to the goalies, I think that left side is great. You said the right side's prospect central. That left side, all of those guys have quite a bit of NHL well I shouldn't say quite a bit but they have NHL experience and a lot of AHL experience so I think it's a perfect balance and yeah Sogard not exactly a great uh up and down like he had some unreal moments but consistency is the key that's the thing and now like he's the number one guy like this isn't a 1a 1b type split with him and Mando it's more Sogard will be the starter and Mando will be the backup in my eyes so we need to see Sogard have a boost here, especially when the Senators, they lost a cord in the expansion draft. They traded away Philip Gustafson for Cam Talbot. Like, all eyes are on the Great Dane now. Yes, they are. And he'll have his first opportunity and second opportunity because they play in Belleville against the same Laval Rocket to, uh, tomorrow, Saturday night as well. So it's going to be a busy weekend full of rivalries. We thought we got away from the Montreal Canadiens until December. But it's not the case because the Baby Sens will take on the Baby Habs tomorrow and tonight to start the season. We're going to be locked onto that. We got our AHL TV package as well. Stick taps to B Sens for hooking us up with that. And the Ottawa Senators are taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs 
in the Battle of Ontario. It's only the first time in the last four years that it's not the season opener for Ottawa, but they have played Toronto either in the first or second game in the last five seasons. Ottawa's got four wins. (laughs) That's nice to hear. Any final thoughts uh, after today's show? Any words to calm down either sad pillsy from last night? What did you say to yourself? Because we asked on Twitter at Send Central, how are we feeling this morning? Just take the temperature of the room. And there's a lot of it's only one game. But at the same time, there's a very fair sense of disappointment after all the hype that 4-1 doesn't look good. I know two empty netters, but 4-1, it just, you know... It doesn't look the same as 2-1, no matter how we can spin it in the fact that, hey, Forsberg only allowed two goals on 34. He was unreal in last night's game. He made some huge saves. How about that backdoor pad save where he just came across in the third period and you even heard Noodles on the TSN broadcast be like, if Ottawa scores, remember that save from Anton Forsberg. So that's, that's my silver lining is Anton Forsberg looked terrific in that loss. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is the disappointment with the one goal. Like, you put a lot of investment into this offense, and to only get one goal up against the Buffalo Sabres team, that's tough. But, yeah, the, the panic button is is nowhere near being pulled out, Ross. Like, I, I still got it in the desk. The drawer is locked. It's not even... The panic <laughs> button's still in the wrapping from the Amazon shipping. Like, we're, we're not even close to there. Because, overall, if you look at... The advanced stats go to natural statric, and and the Corsi numbers look good for the Sens. Apart from that breakdown in the second period, they dominated the first. They pushed back in the third. I I think things are going to be just fine. It's just disappointing starting off the season with the loss. Hey, they won the expected goal battle, so we may as well, what, give us five points in the standings for that? 1.76 to (laughs) 1.55? We'll hit up Dom. Uh, He can uh, change his projections uh, for, for this group now based on his model. Yeah, one I do really like looking at at Natural Statric is the scoring chances, and it was tied at 18. So I'm hoping that we can get that a little more in favor of Ottawa going forward, getting to those dangerous areas. Because DJ Smith mentioned he swapped the two centers because he didn't feel that the Stutzla to Brinkett Drew line was getting to the inside lane. I didn't see a whole lot of that from that from the new new look top six either. I felt like a lot of the shots they generated were either to the outside or happened on the man advantage where. Again, it's it still felt like a lot of wrist shots from the point. Like I think their best opportunity to tie the game outside of the Giroux chance was just Zub taking a little yeah. wrister with a man in front. And and other than other than that, I think Anderson saw a lot of the shots pretty cleanly. So stick taps to Craig Anderson. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at a 35 save performance and you just hope and pray that Matt Murray cannot do it. Again, tomorrow, Pillsy will have the postcast for you after that game on our YouTube channel live. And then if you're waking up Sunday morning, if you missed it after the game, if you're busy, if you got plans, you can find that postcast available on all audio podcast platforms. But for today, we say goodbye. It's the first week of the NHL season. It feels good. We're ramping up. We told you the improvements are coming to our look, feel, sound coming soon. And we're going to have boots on the ground, Pillsy. I can't wait to see you in Ottawa on Monday. And then we got the home opener on Tuesday. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senator Podcast. It's your team every day.